your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. everyone, welcome back to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. Uh, good thing, too, because we're gonna. this one's all about the cats. Uh, this time we're doing... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, one of these days, what if we actually did uh, an episode about um, the Elf comics? Yay, why not? Yeah, let's do the Elf comics and... Uh, and that would... Was there an Elf be comic ironic. strip? There was an Elf comic... They were elf comic books. books. Yeah, I know okay. that for sure. Uh, they were not particarily good, but I do remember reading them as a kid. They were like kind of like Archie type comics. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. I remember. All I remember is one where uh, a cover where Alf is uh, sweeping, raking leaves, and he goes, "Enough with fall already, Willie. When does rise start?" Oh. Uh, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But it's not very. It's not Elf. That's that's a that's a weak joke, even for Elf. Yeah, you know. Um, I prefer the one where it was Christmas and Elf was going to apply for a job at the North Pole, and Santa's like, "Well, the ad says Elf, not Elf," which <laughs> I thought was hilarious when I was like, you know, eight. Um, <laughs> but it would be funny in that episode because Elf would be seen tonight. Yeah. It would be all about Elf. It's um, unfortunately it's like three days till April Fool's Day, and that would have been a great April Fool's Day episode. Oh yeah, we we just gave it all away. Ah. Now wait a minute. Oh yeah, I was going to say this is going to premiere on April Fool's Day, but no, it's not. This is in uh, April at some point. Well, <laughs> pretend we did something really funny. Oh, we did something anyway. really funny for April. Oh boy. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, oh, I bet it was really great. I no, bet it was so good. No, what we're going to do is we're going to do an April Fool's joke that's so great. You're going to have to wait until May 1st for it to happen. Oh, oh, damn. Yo, I'm glad we thought of that. It's definitely happening May 1st. Don't don't forget, stay up all night waiting for it. Wink. <laughs> That's right. That's when the, uh, the, the, the great special presentation comes flying through the air with uh, presents for all <laughs> the good little boys and girls. And only the most sincere fans will get to see it. <laughs> But anyway, we were talking about Garfield, weren't we? Yes, we were speaking of Garfield. Let's let's. So last week we spoke of the Garfield show, or as they say in France, le le Garfield show, uh, le show de Garfield, <laughs> le show de Garfield. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be discussing this in a in a McDonald's, like in Pulp Fiction. Um, they don't call know, it so, Garfield. Actually, you know, oh, man. you know what Garfield's name is in. His, his name in French is Garchon. Is it really? Yeah. You know that in Morocco, they don't call him Morocco Mole. They just call him Mole. <laughs> what do they call Smurfs in Spain? Uh, Los, a Smurfs a Smurf, anyway. Just Los Smurfs. Los Smurfs. <laughs> oh, so, so, I don't know my prepositions. I mean, my <laughs> articles? What is the? 
The oh, well, what is, uh, that's an article, right? No, no, I was just correcting that the joke is that in Sp- in Spanish, things that start with an S usually have an E at the beginning, like Espanol. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I learned something. Well, you know, um, but anyway, we're speaking of Garfield, the Garfield Show, which is uh, a CGI Garfield television series uh, for the children in well, you said about 2017 or so. I think was when it uh, was on. Tw- 2008. Oh, 2008. Never mind. This is much older than I thought, which explains why the CG is very not good. Yeah, uh, it looks. I've seen work. I've seen much better. It's very tin toy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very, very, um, you know, dire straits. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, you know, uh, and and the episodes are, you know, not terrible, but they're just, you know, kitty stuff. But yeah. this one, this one, is kind of interesting. Um, Ethan, so, so there's, it sounds like there's a history with this one that you mentioned. Now, as we mentioned in the previous episode, the same, the head writer from Garfield and friends, uh, Mark Evanier is back to, uh, do this as the executive producer for this one. And, uh, this was apparently a story he has wanted to tell since Garfield and friends and only got the opportunity to do it this time. This episode is called long lost Lyman, and it is the animated, the debut of John's roommate Lyman from the early days of the comic strip. So this is the first time Lyman's ever appeared in any animated form. Yes. Now the episode, the first Garfield uh, thing, here comes Garfield, which was ostensibly about how Garfield and Odie met. uh, They had, they left Lyman out of the picture that time. But, uh, and also you might recall that, uh, Lyman was also excised from the, uh, Garfield, uh, his nine lives segment, but yeah, the, yes, yeah, this is the first time where he, we talk about how Lyman is part of Odie's history. So Lyman previously had been basically disappeared very much like Trotsky from old Soviet photographs. <laughs> yes. And should we explain to the kids, like who is Lyman? Because he, he has not been in the comic strip in what, 40 years at this point. Yeah, Lyman was introduced just to give John someone to talk to, as as uh, Jim Davis puts it. He is apparently either John's like high school best friend or college roommate, and uh, he is introduced in the uh, strip just showing up at the door with a briefcase and saying and uh, greeting John with, uh, "I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm weak. Take me in." And oh, that was from the comic strip yeah, too. Yeah, it was. Interesting. Uh, so, so we um, the uh, creators of this episode actually knew a little bit about uh, the Garfield history, some mm-hmm. pedigree here. Um, now that's interesting because um, I thought for years there there is a Garf a small Garfield arc at one point where Gar- where John's college roommate shows up for a visit, hmm. and um, I thought for years that that was the same guy, but um, it's some guy called Weezer who. Also has a mustache, but does not otherwise does not look like Lyman at all. And he's he's there for like about a week and he and John just do like frat shenanigans and Garfield kind of like, you know, um, rolls his eyes. And then I don't think this guy has ever reappeared in the comic strip again. So um, he but does look it's, very it's similar. Com- yeah, yeah. But it's, it's so I assume it's not the same guy, although Weezer is probably not his real name. No, I don't. Imagine, yeah, but I. And I've got a strip here right 
I got a strip right here where he says, Weezer, this is my cat, Garfield. And it's like, you wouldn't have to introduce Lyman to Garfield. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Um, and also this guy, uh, he, call, he calls John Carpface. Yeah. Oh, one of those. Which I guess is. Yeah, they have a. Now, John and Lyman in the episode that we saw are shown to have a bunch of private jokes between them dating from their early days together. But uh, no, he never calls him Carpface. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a kind of a different, um, you know, um, vibe between them. The because Weezer and John definitely, ha I think, have a very like college frat boy, uh, yeah. frat brother vibe. Whereas Lyman and John, it really does feel, especially in this, like, oh yeah, these are high school friends. Yeah, these are you know these are guys who you know they've changed a lot since they got to know each other. But they're so there's. A little bit of distance there, but at the same time, they are still, you know, very close friends. Yeah. Um, so Lyman uh, was gradually kind of disappeared from the comic strip, I think, because yeah. Jim Davis realized that John really should just talk to Garfield. Yeah, but, but when Lyman was introduced, he brought along his dog, Odie. That's right. So they, so, because... Odie originally belonged to Lyman and then gradually just became John's dog. Yes. Lyman just kind of, yeah, Lyman just kind of disappeared. And the joke that, uh, that Jim Davis liked to make was don't look in John's basement. Yeah. I remember that meant being mentioned in like one of the, um, one of the, uh, there's like one of the Garfield books that had like top 10, like reasons that Lyman is gone or yeah. something. And I think one was, yeah, don't look in John's basement. Um, <laughs> And wasn't there actually a Garfield like video game where you there's an Easter egg where you would actually find Lyman chained up in yes, the basement? Yes, it was like Garfield's House of Horrors or something. It was a Flash game, which is you know disappointing because that means that I can't play. We can't play it for this show. But oh, maybe Flash in the Pan will do it. Oh yeah. Oh hey hey Flash in the Pan, you listening? I'm I'm ready for a for a uh, guest appearance too. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there is a Garfield's, there is a kind of spooky themed Garfield flash game where multiple places Lyman appears in this haunted house. And at one point you see his decapitated head roll out and scream. Jeez. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty intense for a Garfield game. Yeah. But yeah, if you go into the basement, you'll find that Lyman is chained to the wall and you actually interact with him as part of a puzzle. If you bring him, if you bring him like a snack or something, he'll uh, give you a clue. So, huh. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. So, um, but this is the first time I think we get a, con this is the canonical explanation for Lyman's disappearance. Yeah. I yeah. And I think they talked about this idea before. I think that the unofficial explanation was that he joined the Peace Corps. So he did go out of the country at some point and leave Odie and John's care. Mm, okay. Um, that, that kind of lines up something with what we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, has it ever, is, has it ever been said before that he was a photographer? No, that is completely new to this one. We are, this episode establishes that, uh, that Lyman was a wildlife photographer and that he is not just a dog owner, that he is an animal lover. John says I could never even get him to squash a cockroach. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess this is interesting because they did they did have to flesh out Lyman's character a little mm -hmm. more because I think he was literally just guy that owns Odie and John talks to. I yeah. don't know that he had much of a personality. Let's see. I think. Did he? 
Let's see. Uh, let me try and think. What are what personality traits did Lyman show? We shot. We've seen that he wore he wore white polyester disco suits. So, though I don't know if that means he was really into the disco culture or if it just meant he was a happening guy like John. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And he grew up with four um, cats who didn't have names. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm looking up trivia on Lyman. Uh, what else do we, was say anything else interesting? Uh, not really though. It is also like, uh, Lyman has a mustache that is also his mouth. Yes. He's, he, he has a face like, um, like the schmoo. Yeah. And when it's in like, uh, the, the, you know, the daily, the weekday comic where it's in black and white, that isn't a problem. But when it's the color Sunday strip, it looks very weird. And I believe that Lyman's very last appearance in the comic was for Garfield's 10th birthday. He appeared in the, the throwaway uh, banner panel with uh, pretty much the entire cast of the strip uh, wishing Garfield happy birthday. Oh, yeah. It says like with uh, jo John's, John's dad and uh, between John's dad and Liz. Mm -hmm. And I think the uh, last time he appeared after that was in a strip where John was taking a bubble bath and Garfield was popping bubbles as they floated out and a really big one came up and Garfield popped it and there was a huge explosion. And next thing we see, Garfield is in a full body cast and John is, John is bandaged up and Lyman goes, Hey John, what the hell happened to you guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, so that is, that is Lyman. Yeah. So let's, well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a family thing. We can't, uh, you know, but, um, so this is, this is going to tell us exactly what did happen to Lyman. This is the mystery that has plagued Gar Garfield heads for 20, 20, 30 years now. Yes. He did, you know, after he disappeared completely in 1988 and this, this episode premiered in something like 2016 or so. So yeah, it was a you know 20 year mystery, a 30 year mystery resolved. Wow. Uh, so let's see what happened to Lyman. What is going on with that Lyman? Okay. This so, is actually a four part miniseries almost. Yeah. This is basically a, a mini movie. So uh, I, I believe it was made as a single uh, thing and then they cut it up for episodes like the, like the Futurama movies. Yeah. Because the individual parts do not have arcs. Like they don't feel like they were created to be self-contained episodes. Mm -hmm. Except maybe the, the, the second one. Yeah, the the first one like it is nothing really happens, and then they kind of just like abruptly end in weird spots, you know. So, uh, so yeah, watch them all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, yeah. But anyway, so um, it it we actually are introduced to a couple other new characters as well in this because we see some of John's nieces. Yes, these are yes these nieces are uh, regular characters on the show, but uh, it's actually uh, it's actually been established that no they are not uh uh they're not doc boys kids in fact they may not oh. even be his nieces they may be his cousins oh okay well i mean they they'd have to be because he only has one brother yes you know well if we know because every time he sees him he's like here's my favorite brother it's like i'm your only brother yeah and you know they when they ask what his relationship is they say he's some relative of theirs so yeah, yeah. Um, so these are, he, they call him Uncle John. You know, it's probably in the sense that, you know, in, in many cultures, you would call any old, older 
relative um, or family friend and yeah. uncle. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I think, what are they, Priscilla and Minerva? Yeah, Drusilla, apparently. I thought it was oh, Drusilla, Drusilla too. Sorry. Yeah, I guess they want to give them weirder names because they're kind of kind of nerdy. That's, yeah. that's their thing. They're like, yeah, twins. you really have to be. You really, when you're doing obnoxious characters, you have to give them names that uh, w- that kids in today's classrooms aren't going to have. Oh, I that's actually a good point. I didn't realize that's what they were doing. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's smart. So no one's no one is going to watch this and get teased that they're like that. Anno- those annoying kids in. Uh, in Garfield and uh, the Garfield show. Yeah. The, yes, that, that is why when you have like, you know, you know, a, a gross fat kid, her name was always like Brunhilda or something. Oh, huh. Uh, is that like actually something Sanders practices and forces or no, I think it's just, you know, anyone like me who has a slightly unusual name appreciates it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. <laughs> All right. So, um, we got, um, so basically I think, John wants to see a documentary uh, or Liz tells him there's a documentary on yeah. TV about the Zabadoo from Franistan. Yeah. The Zabadoo from Framistan. That, that feels like a temporary name that somehow got left into the final script. Yeah. I mean, it's as soon as I said that, I was just kind of like, come on, come on. Really? <laughs> um, it's a very, it feels again, it's a very Jim Davis sort of thing to do where it's like, it's just like, like again, a, like a, an extreme normie would be like, come up with a weird name for a, a cryptid. Uh, the Zabadoo. Okay. Watch <laughs> um, again. So, no, no, I, we got it. We got this. The Zabadoo. Let's roll with it. So the Zabadoo. It's a, it's, it's basically, it's a, it's a cryptid that lives in the country of Franistan, I guess. And, um, for the majority of this episode, we don't really know why John is so I- insistent on seeing this documentary. Um, yes. and he's interrupting Garfield watching his favorite show, which is this enormously fat food critic named Eddie Gourmand doing a, doing a cooking show. Oh, is he a recurring guy? Apparently so. Yeah. This guy, he's like, he looks like the Duke or something. And, uh, he's, yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> And I like that he's like he's sitting like in this gigantic like wingback chair. He's got a giant portrait of himself. <laughs> it's I was watching this and he's wearing what is he wearing? He is dressed like the Duke as well. So yeah, he's got um, like he's got this checkered shirt and a uh, I I thought it was a and a waistcoat and I thought he was wearing an apron, but no, it's a bib. Uh, I I do love that like the. Um, you know, the, the Jim Davis has the most interesting idea of how people dress, you know, <laughs> like, like whenever he's, he's like, he, he always puts people in like plaid jackets and like polka dot pants. It reminds me of when like, you know, the weird Al did that song, uh, <laughs> close, but no cigar. Oh. And it was like, and, and they were like, Hey, John K, do you know what an astrophysicist looks like? And he's like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> And I thought you were going to say it was like that Weird Al video where uh, he had all the celebrities dressing in incredibly tacky outfits. Oh, yeah, it is kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, you know, Jim Davis is like he puts John in those outfits because John is established as a very tacky nerd. But then it seems like Jim Davis just thinks that's how people dress in general. <laughs> also, well, I, it also reminded me of the Calvin and Hobbes strip where he gets mugged by his own clothes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> plaid shirt, polka dot pants, everybody on. <laughs> yeah, 
I like how Eddie Eddie Gourmand, which is a great, I love it, Eddie Gourmand. Um, how his his show. I guess he's, he said he's a food, food critic. Yeah, he's a food critic, but also a, uh, I guess he also has a cooking show. Yeah, because he's not really criticizing, uh, like, a dish. He's more just explaining what what it is. You know, he's not even cooking it. He's like, it's lasagna. Some people put sausage in it. Some people put noodles. <laughs> Some, <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's not so much a cooking show as a sort of a cooking let's play. <laughs> he just... Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's like, hey, which, this is the concept of a lasagna. <laughs> he just lays out lasagna for you and riffs on it. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, it's like... He's basically uh, his, doing to his, food his... what we're doing to this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's a, Well, I guess there's an audience for everything. Um, Think about, like... Uh, hey, who, put this, gar- who put this checkered uh, shirt on me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just imagine we're, like, doing, like... Some people like their Garfield to have more, uh, more, um, uh, liven in it. And, uh, some people like their Garfield to have more Weezer. Um, we just need giant portraits of ourselves now. You don't have one? Ugh. <laughs> I'll do one for well, you. Yeah. You one for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to get a commission. Um, <laughs> uh, now... Uh, so Garfield's trying to watch Eddie, he, sorry, Eddie Gourmand, but you like John said, wants Eddie to. Eddie Deason, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Eddie Deason. He's like, he really wants to see Eddie Deason. <laughs> he wants to see... Eddie Deason is, is when, the problem is that when Eddie Deason gets involved with food, he just starts harassing waitresses. So, you know. That's um, not funny. <laughs> no, it's, but it's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, uh, so they're fighting over the remote. And then Priscilla and oh, sorry, Drusilla and Minerva show up, and they they you know chase Garfield around and and want to dress him up. And and here's um, where we get the first song. Have you noticed how many songs? Are oh, this? what is with the songs in this? These songs are awful. They're so bad. <laughs> this is the and, worst fucking songs. I mean, they're just I they again they sound like placeholder songs <laughs> because. What, what is the song that I can't remember what this song was? We but want like, Kitty Cat. We want Kitty Cat. <laughs> that's it. They're so weird. They the the lyrics are just like so incredibly like basic, but like it didn't sound like a Garfield song. I remember. Um, Again, it, I wonder if they were written in French and then translated. Oh, maybe they were in French. It was just like, oh, you know, it probably was. They just took Frere Jaca and changed the lyrics. <laughs> uh, we want kitty cat. We want kitty cat. <laughs> no, in, in French, it was dance the jig of the bick and back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're Garf- Garfield on the mighty sea. Oh. <laughs> Uh, or no, wait, that's not how it goes. No, that's yes. Oh, Gar- Garfield on the on the on the high sea. We've got lots of dangerous needs. <laughs> yo ho ho, yo ho. Hey, ex- obscure joke. Ask your parents. Um, <laughs> Ask your grandparents at this point. Jesus. Oh yeah, oh true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, but then finally, but jo- John is watching a documentary. This documentary also does not look like a normal document. It's not really a documentary. It's, it's a, a talk show. Yeah. And, um, again, a guy who the talk show host is like kind of dressed like Dr. The... Phil. Yes. He's wearing a lab coat, isn't he? Why is he wearing a lab coat? Cause he's Dr. 
excuse me, Dr. Phil. Um, and he just interviews some random people who have seen the Zabadoo. Um, and uh, then introduces, uh, what's his name? Dirk Diggler or something? Yeah, I think it is um, Dirk Diggler. I was like, God, that's, that is a terrible name. And it must be a reference to... It must be a reference to something uh, much uh, more, uh, you know, much less wholesome in French. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, it's not a Boogie Nights reference, is it? <laughs> it I don't know. But his name is Dirk. Let's give it that. But uh, yeah, I mean, is it? It's not. Uh, what is it? It's Dirk something, right? Yeah. It's not. Is it Diggler? I don't know what I actually call him, but it's he's basically like the crocodile hunter. Yeah, he's you know? like, you know, he's a little bit crocodile Dundee. He's a little bit. Uh, He's a little bit Indiana Jones, and he's a lot uh, uh, Simon Belmont, vampire hunter. Yes, yes, and you know he's a he's a big kind of barrel chested dude, and like he's got like the the khakis and that what do you call that that kind of hat that like uh, that, I don't know what do you call that hat the hat that has little shark teeth going around in a circle. Yeah, it's like it's a crocodile Dundee hat, I yeah. guess. It's kind of a. It's kind of a not quite a cowboy hat, not quite a fedora, but almost in between. You I, know, I guess you call it a um, straw hat, except it has those weird little tooth bracers. And he's got yeah. something else around it, around his neck too that I can't quite figure out. It's I guess it's another fang. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is he is announcing that he is going to go and catch the Zabadoo in Franistan and um, bring it to justice and. Um, <laughs> And the, the host says that apparently there's rumors that the Zabadoo has human captives in his cave, uh, which makes John think that he needs to go and rescue. There's a chance that Lyman may still be alive because now they explain that uh, he explains to Drusilla and Minerva um, his history with Lyman. Yes. At this point, their their lust for play has been sated because they... Uh, they caught Odie and uh, dressed him up as uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I was thinking he, she, he looks more like a breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> I think I remember the film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he and uh, Odie, he gives them cookies and milk and tells them the story of how when he was a young cartoonist in the 70s. And it is very the 70s in this uh, flashback. His, uh, yeah, which which begs the question: How old is Garfield? <laughs> yeah, Gar. How many you know? How many uh, blood sacrifices has John made to keep his cat alive since the seventies? And yeah, for real. <laughs> and what <laughs> stump do you do that on? Because I don't want to lose mistletoe. <laughs> you have to. Uh, well, who is who is the? Uh, how many? How my wife actually asked me this question is like recently. She was like, "How many cat gods are there? How many gods are there that are actually cats?" That are cats. And I was like, "Bast is the obvious yeah, one." Uh, Bast is the obvious one, and I know that there's gods associated with cats, but I can't think of anyone who other one who is a cat. Yeah, because I mean, people say, "Oh, cats were worshipped as a god in Egypt." I was like, "Were they? Were cats themselves a god? How many can you name?" <laughs> You know, the concept of cats <laughs> was it was a god. And and how different is that from today? The internet is made out of cats. That's true. That's true. Wow, when you think about it. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> so we <laughs> but, get John um, in his uh, in his extremely groovy apartment with uh hand drawn portraits of his family on the wall and a there's a knock at the door and it's Lyman who he doesn't look the same in this at all. No, no. Um, 
Also, uh, were you expecting the uh, bogey voice? <laughs> yeah, he sounds like uh, Groucho Marx. Yeah. He's just, just like, ah, John, sweetheart. Ah. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the voice I expected for Lyman. No, no, he's he's very like, and he's got this very this very snarky way of talking. You know? No, uh, yeah. This is, I mean. For all the time that we've spent looking forward to Lyman's reappearance, it it feels like Lyman died, and this is his brother or something. <laughs> Were you like, well, all those years you're like, oh, someday I'm gonna get to see Lyman. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up with those comics. Yeah, it was kind of important to me. <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, mean, I, get... I learned to read by reading Garfield strips over and over again. Well, well, finally we get to see him. So, yeah. uh, was it all that it was cracked up to be? Uh, well, I mean, it's. There's, I mean, we got a lot to go, so let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's go on. Let's, let's dive into this. Yeah. So let's, we uh, get a relative recreation of that first strip with Gert, with Lyman's introduction into the strip. And he apparently has a, uh, he has a standard greeting for John. Hey, John, you haven't changed much. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, he does say that several times. And apparently he is, he's kind of hit the skids He and he needs a place to stay. He's got a, uh, he's got a suitcase. So I'm like, did his wife kick him out? What happened? Oh yeah. They, they never explain it, do they? No. Um, he, he does do the same. He says the same thing though, doesn't he? That he says in the strip. Mm-hmm. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm weak. Take me in. He doesn't, he doesn't say it quite as dramatically as he does in the strip. Which is probably good because, uh, did you ever, how much of John have you read? Uh, you mean the, the pre Garfield strip? Yes. None. Okay. Cause that strip, the introduction of Lyman does happen in John, but he does it in a black sharecropper voice. Take me in, massa. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim Davis. No. Diff- very different world. <laughs> oh boy oh boy and wow apparently the, why... the late yeah go on yeah i was gonna say the late 70s apparently where that sort of thing was acceptable mm. okay but well that anyway. is why in the very next strip in the garf in the official garfield when, when Odie is first uh, first introduced garfield walks away going oh lousy 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 oh boy yeah Ooh. Different Ooh. world. Yeah. Well, well, I, I need um, to apologize for just, you know, doing that voice, but yeah, you know, that cringe you felt when I said it. Yeah. You should be doing that when you read it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, that is, that is, uh, that's a thing. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, but John takes him in and, um, into his very seventies apartment, his very seventies, um, it's not the same house, actually, because no. we get to see outside, and, and yeah, they, they live, clearly live. They live in an apartment that's above a Chinese restaurant. So, oh, this is the uh, apartment that uh, the Lady Ghostbusters uh, were working out of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's um. This is when more dumplings. Um, this is madness. <laughs> this is when um, John was still a starving cartoonist. Um, Before he hit on the idea were... of doing comics about his cat, I guess. Yeah. Man, you know, uh, it's it's true though. You can't you can't go um you can't go broke doing comics about cats. Um, actually, this is the first time they really do 
play up uh, John's cartooning career a lot more in this than they do in almost any other Garfield medium that I've seen. Yeah, um, it, it comes up so rarely in the strips that you'd be you'd easily be uh, for years. I was like, okay, he used to be a cartoonist. What does he do now? Because it had been so long since there was any mention of his cartooning career. But, yeah, I think it's mentioned like once in Garfield and Friends when they're trying to sell the Count Lasagna script. But um, I do remember one where where John was trying to uh, get a job as a in a comic book uh, company and uh, he and he was showing off his uh, portfolio to the uh, the to the owner, I suppose. And he had he had taken some like hypnotic uh, tr- some hypnotic recordings of uh, being more confident, but Garfield had replaced them with the wrong record. So he was speaking in Spanish and luckily the, uh, and luckily he happened to call the uh, owner by his childhood nickname, Paco. (laughs) I remember that one. That episode is actually hilarious. It is. It's really good. It's like the Garfield equivalent of omelette de fromage. Yeah. That's the one where they Garf and John just starts randomly just like scatting and dancing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, Garfield and friends. What a great show. Oh yeah. Oh. I wish the Garfield show were as nearly as good as Garfield and friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not to say that it's bad. It's just that Garfield and friends is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is not like we, we said in our previous episode, this isn't bad. It's just not, it's for children and there's not a lot put into it for the adult audience. It's for young Um, children. Yeah. Yeah. It's for young, possibly non-English speaking children. Yeah. I do also wonder because like, look, the, the world of, you know, 2008 was very different than the world of, you know, what the mid nineties and Maybe like, look, in the mid nineties, you wanted a show that was more big tent. So it's like, look, we're going to try and appeal, get some adult interest in this as well. Yes. And by 2008, it's like, we don't need adults to watch it. Kids, you know, just, I don't know. Well, you know, you have a um, point there because, uh, yeah, there were a lot fewer channels at the time when, when Garfield yeah, yeah. and friends came on. So you really did have to go for a bigger slice of the pie, but now you have basically a channel almost for every year of your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too much content to consume in a lifetime. Yeah. So, um, And look what we're doing. We're wasting our, our finite time on Earth <laughs> <laughs> looking at Garfield show. But anyway. Well, somebody um, had to do it. That's true. That's true. Um, so we're doing it. We're doing a service. I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I spent like I, I spent two weeks last month going through Sinfest. So I don't know yeah. why I'm criticizing <laughs> us for looking at Garfield now as if this isn't like a hundred times better. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is way better than Sinfest. I'll give it that. Yeah. So um, one of these days but, we'll get uh, through a podcast without bringing up Sinfest. But, uh, you know, Sinfest was very, very good to us. Yeah, people love Sinfest, so we're just gonna just every up week we should be like, hey, we mentioned Sinfest in this one. You should listen to the whole thing. <laughs> listen carefully for when we mention it. Um, but uh, so anyway, they uh, so Lyman uh, is a photographer. He's an animal photographer, I guess, and um, he tries to, to get photos of Garfield, but Garfield's always eating or sleeping because he's a cat. Yes, and and. Then he gets the job photographing, like I guess, endangered animals in wherever, whatever, whatever continent uh, Flantopia is in. Yeah, yeah. They specifically send him there to get pictures of like the Zabadoo, don't they? Yeah, and, that's it. 
and because it's it's not clear whether the Zabadoo actually exists or not. Um, but like, but because like we said, it's a cryptid. But um, uh, Lyman says, "Oh, if they uh, pay me enough, I'll bring them pictures of uh, you know." No, because John is like, "Does it exist?" and can you get pictures of it? And Lyman's like, if they pay me enough, I'll bring him pictures of like King Kong or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so apparently I don't know who's paying him to do this, but, um, some magazine, I guess, or something. But, um, John gives Lyman his lucky hat. Yes. Which I is... want you to have my lucky hat. The one you hate, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I think the funniest line of the whole thing. <laughs> That that was pretty amusing. It's a it's basically like one of those seventies pimp hats. Yeah, it's a it's a straw hat with a huge ridiculous feather, and I'm I just kind of have this feeling like, you know, I don't know how much you've read of One Piece, but yeah, giving away the straw hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is um, yeah. So he he goes he takes the hat and goes to Franistan. Yeah, Framis- Yeah, he takes the hat and he goes to Framistan, and John's like, "That's the last I ever saw of him." And yeah, I want to say I'm flicking through this show on uh, with YouTube, just uh, looking looking at frames to remind me of what's happening here. And boy, this show the 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 freeze frames do not look like there is any action going on. They they just look like action figures glued into place. Yeah, I mean, like we like we said, the animation in this it leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, there's a lot of padding in this to get it out to like four episodes, four yeah. fifteen minute episodes. Yeah, this could have um, been a two parter, but somehow they they fatten it up to a four parter. Yeah, because I think like one of the first things they do is Garfield kind of debates whether they should go down because they see the footage of some footage shot of the Zabadoo and it's wearing Lyman's hat. So John thinks Lyman may be alive um, or, you know, he actually encountered the Zabadoo. So then that, if you find a monster eating, wearing your friend's hat, doesn't it usually imply that it ate them? I mean, I would think so, (laughs) but I mean, I guess uh, John says, if there's any chance, you know, we have to try yeah, but it's like, yeah, I mean, after 30 years, I really, because it, or 40 years, I guess, yeah, since in the 70s, you know, it's like, uh, I think he's probably been eaten by then. <laughs> um, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't know much about the Zabadoo, but in my experience, <laughs> most Bigfoot type monsters don't like keep hostages, nah. especially. <laughs> No, I'll tell you when Bigfoot type monsters keep hostages when it's in an erotic Bigfoot story that you buy for five dollars on Amazon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Pounded in the butt by by the Zabadoo. <laughs> While wearing my the lucky hat that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we should we should we should call Chuck Tingle. Be like, <laughs> we got your next tingler for you. No, like pick up the phone. Hey Chuck. Yeah, it's me, your cousin, Marvin. No, like uh, Marvin Tingle. <laughs> I got, I got, you know that new tingle you're looking for? Well, listen to this. Um, zabadoo, zabadoo. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, what was I going to, uh, what were you saying? Oh, so, uh, uh, so they're going to, so Garfield's trying to figure, decides he wants to go. Maybe he should go and save, um, you know, Live from Zabadoo. So he, he has this whole fantasy sequence where he's imagining himself as like, you know, a kind of Indiana Jones type. Yeah. Uh, ex- 
and he imagines a plane and flying around in a plane and he imagines going to Franistan and fighting the Zabadu and rescuing Lyman and it's this just the very long thing that eats up some time but yeah, it's, it's a whole episode unto itself yeah and it's really kind of pointless because it just well first of all we get another great song here though yeah the, it's just like what is it like i'm a cha-cha it, cat like, and i dance even though i'm fat i'm a cha-cha cat yeah how about that I'm a ch- <laughs> it's like uh, did a child write these lyrics <laughs> Because this has nothing to do with what's happening on screen, first of all. And also, I feel like these songs were probably written just for, you know, they had like a bank of 10 songs to use in the show and they just sort of splatted them in wherever it was. They felt they needed it. So you think they really were doing the bick and back uh, thing in this show? Yeah, it's just needle drop Garfield songs. Wow. Okay, that that. I mean, because they really don't have anything to do with anything. And they're just so, oh, yeah, I'm a cha-cha cat. I dance, though I'm fat. It's like, thanks. That I bet it took a long time to think of those lyrics. <laughs> you have 20 seconds Whatever. to write a song about Garfield dancing. Go! 19, 18, <laughs> uh, 17. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, uh, I love to, uh, it's, like, it's like, hey, I'm Garfield. Hey, um, wait, it's Garfield <laughs> and... How, uh, uh, hasta lasagna. I got my eye on you. That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, actually, uh, I like uh, the moment where Garfield is like, all you need an outfit. And we do this big camera spin around him to reveal him looking exactly the same. And they're like, no, you got to use your imagination. Oh, okay. Let's do it over again. And then we do the spin all around him again, but this time he's got the uh, the uh, Indiana Jones costume on. Yeah, yeah. It's just again, it's it's just kind of odd. I guess maybe if we're just watching these uh, as fifteen minute in you know episodes, this is fine, I guess. But like, it's just it's it's odd because it's it 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 adds a whole segment to this this movie that we don't really need. Yeah. Now, so where does this fit into the save the cat model? Where do we put the have a big fantasy sequence about doing it before you do it? I guess th- <laughs> this is what this is what we call a uh, a, a wacky wayside quest. I guess <laughs> this is the big lips alligator the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is in the uh, what is it in the um, the hero's journey? <laughs> this is Garfield. Garfield, the hero with a thousand faces. <laughs> And so, yeah, it just it just goes through this whole thing of uh, Garfield imagining up a plane, imagining a runaway and imagining going to the, you know, going into space and buzzing a UFO before they arrive in the jungle. And uh, they just happen to find the uh, the monster and rescue Lyman. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's funny, because then when the sequence is over, like. John comes down and he's all like, cause it's the middle of the night and he's like, I know he's all sad. He's like, Oh, he's sad because of Lyman. Well, you just have to accept there's nothing we can do. And then John's like, wait a minute. There's even a chance. we got to go try rescue him. And I was like, wait, didn't, did you already establish this in the previous episode? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what made him think that, uh, what made him change his mind? Yeah, it was, it was weird. I guess they were just like, look, kids will have forgotten. <laughs> that that they were going to rescue Lyman, so we will re- reestablish it. Um, and then they go, but 
I think then they just go to Franistan, right? They they get an airplane and yeah. fly there, um, or they and um, uh, Franistan is um, it's basically a, a jungle tropical country, mm-hmm. and it has uh, elephants they, and tigers. So I guess it's in India. Yes. I guess uh, they they cleverly avoid any problematic tropes that might uh, pop up by having it apparently inhabited entirely by like safari guides. Yeah, it's it kind of feels like a banana, you know, like one of those old Banana Republic stores in the eighties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh yeah, this could be very problematic, but like you've just entirely, you know, you've 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 not done any of those tropes. It's all just like safari jeeps and pit helmets. Like that's all you have. A country with no natives. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but we do get to meet like Angie, who is the the guide that John hi- the John hires. Yeah, they announced and- her name so uh, you know so dramatically that I was like, is this someone we're supposed to recognize? I was like, oh oh, is this Angie going to do a sexy dance in a Santa Claus costume? <laughs> well she she pretty much is just an she she's like um another safari guide so she just has the exact same outfit as dirk diggler yeah. oh oh speaking of dancing we forgot what happened when they left oh that's right we got another song another terrible song <laughs> this one's probably the worst one of all where it's just like mice are nice it's like really yeah we just okay have, yeah we just have the squeak of the mouse waving goodbye to Garfield and saying, yeah, we'll take care of the house while you're gone. And some other really odd looking camel shaped mouse says to him, are we going to? And he's like, no party time. And <laughs> he announces party time. And then like five other mice show up and start dancing very spasmodically. And it's like, you don't think he could have fit more mice into this. You don't think he could have made it more spectacular somehow. Nope. No, they, 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 they gave up quick. Um, and this really never pays off because, uh, I, I feel like, you know, we were waiting for some like big reveal at the end and they come back and the house is trashed, but no, they they don't really do that. No. My favorite thing is that we see the mice like all going to take showers in the sink and right next to the sink is a big bowl of freshly cut tomatoes. Uh, John (laughs) did not think this through. (laughs) It was a very uh, off-the-cuff, spur-of-the-moment decision to go to Framistan. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, when you gotta go, I mean, you know, there's no time to waste. They gotta, they gotta save um, Lyman. Lyman. <laughs> so they, uh, they're off. They're off to Framistan. Uh, Angie is going to help them find the Zabadoo. And uh, Angie previously worked for Dirk Diggler, yeah. but um, they had a falling out because he doesn't care about animals. And, you know, which, of course, Lyman does. So I was kind of thinking that maybe Angie was going to, like, you know, hit it off with Lyman. Oh, yeah. It seems like there would be a romance there, but no. they really don't get into that at all, do they? That's I, kind want, of yeah, I wonder if that was something they cut, something they cut out. Because, like, no, kids don't like romance. They were like, we don't have enough time for a romance subplot. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we put in all that Garfield fantasy uh, airplane shit. Look if, we, um, look, if you put in all your mushy romance stuff, we're not going to have time for the song about how mice are nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
So instead, uh, but Dirk Diggler has a new sidekick. He's got Buckley, who is like basically just a little, a little, a guy who's little and wears the same outfit. Yeah. And disappointingly, um, he doesn't sound like William F. Buckley. That would be really funny. Yeah, that would be like great. If he was like, Dirk, if you call me a crypto fascist one more time, I'm going to smack you in the face. Well, um, Dirk, I think we there are certain quid pro quos we should be going through before we handle these animals. <laughs> I did think the one joke that was pretty funny where like Angie is all like, um, you know, uh, it's like, you only care about money. And uh, Buckley's like, why is she all upset about money? And and uh, Dirk's like, I don't know. Maybe I should have given her some. <laughs> I, I was, I was oh, that's, that's amusing. Um, but because uh, she previously worked for him. Yes. And but but now uh, Angie is going to lead John into the, the jungle to find the Zabadoo. Um, I guess they and then this is where we. She talks about how the Zabadoo only shows up when poachers are in the jungle. Yes. So uh, immediately, I mean, it's not like you didn't see this coming from a mile away, but this is where, you know, it's they're waving it right in front of your face that, no, yes, the Zabadoo has something to do with poaching. Yes. Um, I mean, and, and you can kind of figure out, especially when they show the Zabadoo up close and he's got that weird eye thing. Yeah, he's got a... Yeah, the Zabadoo is a big lumpy monster with a big shaggy body, and one of his eyes is sticking out on a spring. Yeah, and the thing is, like, so once you see him, you're like, okay, look, put the pieces together. The Zabadoo is a monster that looks like a a guy in a costume, and and it chases away poachers. Lyman, who loves animals, disappeared in the forest where the Zabadoo was rumored to be. And now the Zabadoo's wearing his hat. So, I mean, you, you put put the pieces, you know, we've got the, the board with all the, like, uh, the red string connecting yeah. everything. You can kind of figure it out. You just but got, what like, I think is... Leela holding mm-hmm. the Zabadoo uh, at, uh, at point blank with her gun, like, it killed Lyman! Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that's funny about all this is the fact that in Garfield's a dream sequence earlier, the Zabadoo also looked like a guy in a costume. Which is strange because they only saw a very distant, blurry shot of the Zabadoo. He had a uh, pretty good idea of what it looked like. Yeah, and it's like, I, I feel like it's, you know, he even got that weird eye on a spring thing in his fantasy, which is Yeah, that wasn't invisible. Yeah, so it's like, gar- okay, I guess they were like, look, we don't want to bother making up a second model, but then they do so (laughs) so that doesn't make sense either um maybe they didn't want to give that away but um in any case they um uh they find the zabadoo or is anything happened before they find the zabadoo i can't remember the mockingbird oh yeah garfield meets a franistanian mockingbird um yeah that that you remember the bit from Mitchell where he has the uh, obnoxious conversation with the kid? Um, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what this is like. Or is this just, it just gets into, why are you repeating what I say? Why are you repeating what I say? Stop that. Stop that. Ah! <laughs> so <But> that, <clears throat> that eats up 30 seconds of time. And I'm sure they needed to uh, create that bird puppet for something. They're much better than a, than another Zavadoo. Yeah. And also, we see some poachers that are wandering around in the forest. And do you think it's intentional that they look just like Beetle Bailey and Sarge? 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, a little cameo from a uh, fellow yeah. Funny Pages, an old, old <laughs> probably. Well, you know, I'm sure that uh, uh, Jim Davis and and the Browning uh, Brown, Brown Brown bunch. I don't know. Oh, yeah, who, <laughs> the who, who knows? Dick Brown. Oh, D- Dick, Dick Brown. Brown and Dick... Um, shoot, who's the creator of? Damn. Oh, oh, Mort Walker. Yeah. Oh, Mort Walker. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they all know each oh, other. Yeah. So not only do they look like uh, like Sarge and Beetle, but they're walking. Hey, it all fits together. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> so yeah. So then the uh, yeah. This is where they the hunters meet uh, the Zavadu, and it comes you know wobbling fakely out of the trees, making extremely fake noises, and they all roll and they run away screaming. Yep. And, um, Odie takes off after it. Oh yeah. So they, they chase him. Right. And then what happens? Oh, they, they see, doesn't the Zabadoo like, yeah. Yeah. Odie falls off a cliff into the Zabadoo's, uh, lair, I guess. And, uh, comes up, uh, comes up to it. And it was like, Odie, is that you? And of course, you know, you know, you saw it coming from a mile away. It's, uh, it's, uh, Lyman in a big suit. Yes. Um, so th- they all get to go to Lyman's cave and he explains what happened, um, that he was chased by the Zabadoo when he first got to Franistan and he fell in- o- into this pit and broke his leg. So the original Zabadoo, who turned out to be a surgeon named Sam, uh, n- who all loved animals and chased away poachers, uh, nursed him back to health. So the, so the role of the the role of the Zabadoo is sort of like being uh, being the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, and um, I was gonna, I was kind of hoping that they would um, establish that there was like a whole line of Zabadoos, yeah, you know, going way back. But they they kind of imply that Sam was the first one, so yeah. Lyman's only the second. Um, also, it's kind of weird. I think that I mean maybe it's not weird, but I was surprised that. Lyman specifically says that Sam passed away yeah, and then he I'll, took over. Yeah, so, yeah, I want to know the story there. Did he die and th- then he like buried him in the forest or was he, was he, did he take him to the hospital or what happened there? Yeah. I mean, I assume he must've just like, you know, passed away and died uh, in the forest. But like, I, I kind of thought like, Oh, that, I mean, not that there's, you know, not that it's particularly grisly or anything. I was just surprised for a kid's, program they didn't just say oh sam decided to retire from the zavadu business and yeah lyman took over you know um but um meanwhile uh the bad news is that dirk diggler and buckley have chased have followed them there and uh are eavesdropping and get some photographs to prove zavadu is a fake and they're gonna sell them for a lot of money and is this really, I mean, is this really worth a lot of money if this is such a rare thing that uh, John has to drop everything to get some information about it that he hasn't gotten in the last 20 years? I mean, I feel like, I don't feel like it would honestly be, I feel like getting a photograph that proves this avenue is real would probably be worth a lot of money. I feel like proving it's a fake is kind of like, people are like, yeah, well, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's oh, a guy in a costume. So what? Yeah. Who was, I mean, was it, were the photographs that proved that the famous Bigfoot photo was fake Was that, was that worth a lot? 
Yeah. Could, also, think about this. Couldn't you? You could just get a costume and sh- and put it on and take a picture of yourself taking it off and say, "I and, and, hey, check it out. I just proved this avatar is fake." You you can't really prove a negative. Wow. You know. <laughs> oh um, man, why don't why don't we try that? Why don't we pick some celebrity and get photos of ourselves taking off the costume and proving they're not real? Yeah. Also, think about this. If you got pro- photos proving the Zabadoo is fake, it's a guy in a costume, and you took him to lie out and sold them, like, you know that 90% of people would be like, oh, that's not real. That's a hoax. It's totally a real Zabadoo. <laughs> the yes. government just won't, doesn't want you to think there is one, you yeah, know? Because, I mean, the, mo- the more that they get reprinted, the more they're like, gee, they really want us to think the Zabadoo isn't real. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, think of who benefits thinking the zabadoo isn't real follow the money you know <laughs> so uh so i really don't think that this is as a lucrative a scheme as these guys think mm-hmm. but um garfield what he, he wants to go back to the car to get some lasagna or something and yeah. so he realizes that this is going down and um and then i think he gets the cam he steals the camera and they chase him and yeah so there's a uh, big fight and uh, garfield there's hot potato with the camera and Garfield gets the camera away, and then the uh, the poachers get it back, and they get chased by a bear, and then uh, William F. Buffett is like, mm, I think these bears are actually our friends after all. And uh, Oh yeah, he starts being pl- patty cake, doesn't he, with yeah. the bear? After the bear has been chasing around uh, like a maniac for several minutes. But that is, you know, and just when it looks like Dirk Diggler has the camera and is about to win, that is when we get our first look at the real Zabadoo, which is a towering ape figure with a Beatles haircut that shrieks Zabadoo. I guess that's why they call it the Zabadoo. Yes, it's a Pokemon. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and that basically it. it does it? What does it do? It chases away. Yeah, um, it chases. It chases them into a cave or something, and then disappears alone. I think it. It's. It seems like it was kind of implied that it killed them. <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of bounces away, and Garfield is like, "I guess his avenue shows up where it's needed, like Vito the Pizza Man." And um, this is where, and yeah, so it looks like all is well, but uh, they had a zinger left to pull on us. Oh, what was and, and what is that zinger? Oh, the zinger is uh, that uh, is that uh, Lyman is like. Oh, well, yes, yes. Bro. Well, it was gr- well, it was great to see you again, John. Thanks for bringing me my dog. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're you're keeping Odie. Well, yeah, he's my dog, isn't he? And there's a bit of a oh shoot, we didn't even think that would be part of the equation. We thought we were taking you home. Yeah. But apparently Lyman is going to continue being the Zabadoo, even though there's an actual Zabadoo now. Yeah. So, um, but I guess the actual Zabadoo doesn't care much about poaching. So, no, um, no, he just wants to, he just wants to kick the butts of big V shaped people for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is, um, uh, you know, as my, I, this is kind of a sad thing, actually. I it mean, is. I it's, this pretty I mean, well. It's, it feels a little overdone, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, how else would you do this? It's about, you know, Garfield and Odie, who, you know, have been at each other's throats for quite a while, but are also are also established to be, you know, they have that, you know, the siblings relationship where it's you and me against our parents kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, and, and it's it's well done as much as you can in a, in a show with, um, 
that that looks like this. Yeah. Because it's hard to take anything seriously when the the animation is so bad. But um, but you know, then we get like they return home. You know, and yeah, uh, they return home, uh, and the, the mice are like, uh, "Hey, how did it go? Did you find the Zabadoo? Yeah. What happened? You seem so sad. Hey, where's Odie? And Garfield gives this really kind of shady answer, and the mice all look ex- extremely confused, and they're like, "What?" And you know, if he told me that, I was like, "What happened to Odie? Did Odie die?" <laughs> Did you get marooned yeah, and, and you had to eat Odie? They're like, oh, but uh, Garfield, you look like you lost your best friend. You know, it's like, oh, I guess he did. And then we have Garfield sitting in the uh, in the bathtub, you know, sadly bouncing Odie's ball against the uh, garden trellis. And then we get this really weird kind of uh, thing with uh, this. I guess it's scenes from other episodes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, um, yeah, you see the ferret. Yeah, so we get all these ce- these clips with, okay, here's Garfield, Odie, and Nermal rising out of clouds in pink bubbles. <laughs> Here, Here's Odie in a spacesuit being kidnapped by aliens. Here's <laughs> Odie bouncing around on his ass for no reason. Here's Odie in zero gravity. Here's a, a living snowman pulling Odie out of his hat like a rabbit. <laughs> I'm sure it all made sense, I'm, you know, in I'm context. Sure it must have, yeah. Uh, here's Odie and Garfield at the comic book store. Here's Odie dancing with a living pookie. <laughs> here's Odie hugging a parrot. That's, boy, there's a lot going on here. Uh, here's Odie being ridden like a horse. Oh, here's the ferret and Odie uh, posing for a picture with Odie. Yeah, so there's just like, uh, you know, our friend Odie. We'll never see him again. I'm sure you believe that, <laughs> right, kids? I can't believe Odie's fucking dead. I, I wonder how many kids were watching this and it just hit them too hard. They weren't ready for the emotion and they were like, no, I don't want to watch Garfield anymore. It's too sad. And they it's didn't like even when, finish the episode. You know, it's like when uh, when when Odie ju- jumped into the volcano. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Though, so, I mean, honestly, the thing is, when I saw that, I was like, "Look, Odie can't die. Obviously, Odie's going to be fine." But what about Monkey? Yeah, what about Monkey? I mean, he could. They, they might they might uh, sacrifice him for our tears. Yeah. So you know. So, but but uh, luckily, it was all good. It was all okay. Um, yep, spoilers for any of those who have not seen Garfield in Paradise or yes. listened to our Garfield in Paradise episode. <laughs> Where you make the exact same uh, observation, but that was over a hundred episodes ago, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, real heads will remember, of course. But then there's a knock at the door and uh, John is like, oh, it's probably the paper boy or something. But it's Lyman who, of course, greets him with, hey, John, you haven't changed, unfortunately. Yeah, and um, he brought Odie back. Yep, because he said, "Because he said, uh, well, he was my dog, but now he's yours. I couldn't, I couldn't separate him because he was so sad." And so now, so now Odie is back, and J- Garfield doesn't dare to believe it first. And we get a nice little uh, reun- reuniting from them, and 
Lyman says, now I, I can't stay for long because you never know when those poachers are going to come back. So I got to keep being the Zabadoo, but maybe one day I'll find someone I can pay to be the Zabadoo for a week and I'll come back for a real visit. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he's um, going to franchise. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like Batman Inc. <laughs> well, so, um, and then we see like Garfield and Odie playing and, yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Lyman is like, oh, is this uh, is this normal? And John's like, oh, tomorrow will be back to normal. But this this today, it's even better. Yeah, because of course, meaning that Garfield and Odie are not fighting for once. Yes. So, um, so you know, I I think this is actually a pretty well done little emotional bit. They mm-hmm. they you know, it's a it's a little maudlin, but not enough to be like, you know, yeah, but also like uh, kind of acknowledge, acknowledges that like yeah, Garfield and Odie they. You know, they're, they're not always, you know, they fight. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, so they're not always friends, but at the same yeah. time, you know, they're family and that's different. And that's different. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Gar, Gar, uh, Garfield in general, like, um, the relationship between Garfield and Odie, I think is usually pretty well done. Um, in that, like, you know, we, they do seem to care about each other. Um, you know, this, th- and they, you know, they don't get too f- soppy about the whole thing Mm -mm. you know um i think they do it in a way that kids can appreciate because it's very similar i think to you know most kids relationship with their siblings Mm -hmm. um you know know, garfield put um, it very well in the halloween special when he said yeah i love you now beat it yeah yeah exactly um so you know um again like uh i know that uh we keep comparing it to garfield and friends it's like it's not as good but it's not but i mean I wonder how many Garfield and Friends episodes reached this, you know, level of emotion. I mean, was there ever was there ever one where Garfield Nody had to say goodbye? Uh, I can't think of one. I mean, I can think well, of one where they almost lost John, but that was because a witch shrank him down to be part of her tiny baseball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I, I guess you know, in Garfield in Paradise, we think uh, Odie is dead, but. Um, no. You know, like Garfield is a Garfield is sad about that, um, and uh, otherwise I can't think of too many. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, but, I'm, maybe this is our cue to take another look at Garfield and Friends and see if it uh, stands up to our memories. Yeah, well, and then we'll see that we'll watch it and see like, oh, actually, this was bad. Why were we praising it so much? <laughs> oh, this show sucks. The Garfield show is so much better. Yeah, this this show, you know, this show isn't even three D. It looks all fakey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like they just drew things. Yeah, it's not real. <laughs> well, and sometimes so that... sometimes this bed is in a different place than it is in other episodes. They weren't paying attention. I hope someone got fired over that block. <laughs> oh, there's an old chestnut. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we will. Um, we will. That that's it for Garfield. The Garfield show. That's it for the Garfield show. I don't. If anyone has any uh, episodes that they thought really stood out apart from this one, uh, we'd be interested. But this is the one that I mean. As far as I'm concerned, Long Lost Lyman is the raison d'etre, to use a French term, for the entire Garfield show. You know, they, they followed up on a plot point that they'd always wanted to do on the previous one, and now they have. What else do you need? Well, Ethan, since you were like wondering for a long time what happened to Lyman, for real, like, does this, um, does this match up with your imagination, or would you, or... 
Um, alternatively, if not, does it satisfy you as a as a proper explanation for what happened to him? Um, I don't know. I I think I would like for there to have been more of a, you know. Huh. Okay. Thinking about it, I would like to see. I would like. I would like to have seen more of like a build up to this in the show, like more about uh, you know you know Odie and. You know, maybe Odie gets mad at John for in some episode and, and gives him, you know, that kind of like, you're not my real father. And ju- so there would be some acknowledgement of Lyman before the sh- before this uh, episode starts. But then again, it's a four part episode. I'm thinking of it like a movie and it's not. So I don't I don't know. You know, that's the thing is that. I guess if I can't come up with an improvement on it, then it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, um, <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. I, I I will say that, I mean, you know, there are things that they could have done better. The whole Zabadoo thing, the country, the, the, you know, there was, I don't think it's the best execution of this story, but if this is how they're going to officially explain Lyman's absence and his eventual return, then, you know, this is, this is what you should model it on for future things. If they ever, I don't know what future things Lyman is ever going to show up in again, but it feels like they did it already now. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're, you're okay with this being canon. Yeah. I don't, I will not uh, complain if uh, there's mention of like, Hey, I got a package from Lyman and Zabadoo. Who's Lyman? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so, uh, I think they finally, finally put the, the Lyman, the Lyman mystery to bed. <sighs> they put the Lyman in the coconut. Drank them all, <laughs> all right. So I think we'll just cut there. Yeah. Let's do it.